Colossians chapter number 2 is where we're going to begin tonight and uh, have your uh, fingers ready. We're going to be uh, sword drilling it, going through a lot of different uh, verses this evening. While you're making your way to Galatians chapter number 2, uh, just on the Monday, Tuesday, I do encourage you to be out. It's always a blessing. Uh, I know I've, I've been to enough fellowship meetings where um, you, know, you go there on a Monday night and the preacher's uh, and families that come in um, outnumber the church members uh, that showed up for the meeting. Uh, and it's always a discouragement uh, to the preachers. And so uh, please, please be here on Monday night. Uh, but then on Tuesday, if you are planning on coming, uh, there'll be, if you want to help with the food, you certainly can uh, let me know if you, if you want to do that. Uh, and uh, it's, um, it's kind of easy, low maintenance, less mess, I guess, because most of it will be done outside. Uh, but um, but would need to know if you're going to be here and staying for lunch uh, as we uh, prepare for the numbers and things for that. Uh, so if you just let me know after the service. And then uh, for men's prayer breakfast, I know there's quite a few people that are coming for that. If you, if you can uh, take your name from the prayer breakfast thing and also add it uh, to the workday. Uh, many hands make light work. Uh, we're going to be limbing up a tree over here and putting um, a couple lights uh, that uh, we have maybe one, maybe two lights, depends on how it goes, to help a little bit with uh, uh, the uh, darkness out there that Karen's had provided uh, for, uh, for that. And so we want to um, cut those, those limbs up and just, just a lot of little things around here that can be done. Uh, and so if you can help us, that'd be great. Galatians chapter number two, and we'll begin reading one verse, uh, and then uh, we'll, um, I'll explain some things about what we're doing tonight, and then we'll go forward. The Bible says in Galatians chapter number two, and in verse number 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, Galatians 2.20 um, is uh, my life verse. This is a verse that I claimed uh, as a, um, almost as a mission statement, if you will, for my life. I think uh, it's important for uh, us to have uh, um, personal mission statements, mission statements for our families, um, you know, as a church, uh, those things are important. Uh, it's just a way for us to kind of keep focused. And, uh, and that verse for me uh, is one that I chose uh, as a teenager uh, to be uh, the life verse. How many of you have a life verse? Uh, something that uh, you kind of claim. If somebody asks me to sign something, I'll put that on there. Uh, and uh, it's just, uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, and so I want to start with that tonight uh, because I, I'm going to uh, kind of get away a little bit from what we've been preaching and talking about recently uh, to, um, uh, to speak on this topic this evening uh, about, um, well, the song, Jesus Paid It All, All to Him I Owe, uh, is a song that we sing a lot, invitation songs, uh, as, uh, as Baptists from our hymnals. Uh, and several years ago, it's probably, it's probably been a dozen years ago now, I had a telephone conversation with a, a, a very well-known uh, preacher uh, who, um, he didn't like what I said about Easter. Uh, I said um, uh, something about, uh, I, you know, good Baptists don't celebrate Good Friday, good grief. I think I made a Twitter post about that or something, and he took offense because they were having Good Friday services at their church. And um, let me just, I'll just say this, um, we, you know, got, you got Lent, all this stuff coming up. Um, as, as Baptists, uh, we don't participate in those things. We don't celebrate those things. And uh, I guess there's nothing wrong with somebody giving up something for a short amount of time uh, for spiritual reasons. Uh, but uh, but we, um, we don't look at the Easter timeline or Easter week, crucifixion week, all of that, the same way that, um, Catholicism, and, and by the way, the way that most mainstream Christianity, Protestantism, uh, and things look at it, we look at it from the biblical uh, perspective, uh, and, uh, and that should be, the Bible should always be uh, our final rule uh, of faith and practice. Uh, and so he said to me, as we were talking on the phone, uh, a bunch of things, long and short of it was, uh, was that he didn't live his life as a Christian uh, and in a way that he was afraid of God or fear of God. Basically, he said to me, he didn't owe God anything. Uh, and what he meant by that, it didn't come out the right way, and, but it's, it, it, it pervades a lot of their theology, modern Christian practice, uh, is that 
um, in salvation, right? Um, Jesus, Jesus paid it all. He paid our sin debt. There's nothing that we do uh, or can do uh, to pay that debt. He paid it all. Um, and when they look at things that we do uh, as Christians, obviously, if we were doing them to gain heaven, we were doing good things or trying to serve God in order to get ourselves to heaven, that would be the wrong thing to do. Because the Bible clearly teaches us that salvation is, isn't of works, it's all of grace, uh, and that we, as we've been speaking to uh, in great detail, uh, we work because we're saved, not we don't work to get saved. Uh, so there's a, this mindset that, you know, the pressure that is laid upon Christians to attend church or to go so winning uh, or any of those things are legalistic pressures that, to get people to work and to work themselves to heaven. But nobody teaches that, not in, our, our, in Baptist circles. If they are, I don't know who they are, uh, and they probably aren't, they probably aren't Baptist uh, if they're, they are teaching that. So he's like, I don't owe him um, these things. Like obedience to some Christians uh, is secondary, uh, it's optional, um, I asked him, I said, show me one instance in the Bible where, where uh, obedience and salvation weren't together. Like, show me one, per, one you know, example in the Bible where somebody got saved that didn't obey the Lord uh, and, and follow the Lord. And, of course, there aren't any, uh, but um, somehow they believe that a person can get born again. They can have saving faith, uh, but a faith that doesn't um, enable them, equip them, you know, embolden them to work, uh, you know, and to serve the Lord, all right? So he looks at me like, like I'm, a, um, I'm mistaken, like I'm living a life of bondage uh, by the mindset that I have. Now, one of the things that's kind of... Um, I guess, uh, initiated this lesson tonight is for the fellowship meeting, we've been working on a song, our mixed trio, myself, Amy, and uh, Miss Autumn, pray for her, she's in Arizona uh, today, Autumn is, um, and the song is called The Debt, and we're going to sing that song on Monday, not because, you know, I'm singing it to teach a lesson to the preachers, whoever's going to be there, this is kind of after the fact, I realized that as we we're preparing this song, uh, that uh, there might be some people that don't understand the sentiment of the song. Uh, and I'll read just a couple of the things from it. It's called The Debt. And the whole idea uh, is that uh, in each of the verses, I want to read the whole thing, uh, but it's, look, it's looking at the events of um, Christ's suffering. And basically the idea is that we won't look away from it. We purposely look to it. We remember it. We're supposed to think about uh, you know, remembering him and his death. The you know, when we think of uh, the Passover uh, and uh, you know everything that's involved in um, our remembering uh, his, you know, uh, shed blood, uh, his his flesh, uh, we do in communion. Um, we bring it to mind on purpose, and because he's told us to. But it, but it's more than that. Uh, it talks about you know how they witnessed the nails through his hands and his feet. Uh, in the second verse uh, of the song, um, well, I'll read the verse. It says, To think of the pain that it cost him, I cry for the scars he has. To run to be first to serve him, though I know I can't pay him back. To live my whole life as a debtor, to think of myself as a slave. That's the best, or that's the least I can offer to thank him for the terrible price he paid. Uh, and then the, the, the chorus and, and the things that are there. And so uh, the idea that um, to, to live my life as a debtor um, and to live my life as a slave is a, a thought that is so far removed from modern Christianity, um, it's, it's really saddening. Uh, and, um, and so I want to kind of give us a, uh, actually a bunch of, uh, verses tonight uh, and thoughts, and maybe you can think of others. And so as I was th this afternoon, 
I just kind of changed directions. And I just, you know, I, I just wrote down a bunch of things and put some scripture references by them. And so we'll end up turning them. It'll take me a second to turn to them because I didn't, usually I'll have them all printed out. Uh, but uh, you've heard me ask this question. Did Jesus get what he paid for in you, in, in me? Um, when I got saved in 1987, I was 14, and um, I got under conviction. I, I went forward that night. I, I repented of my sins. I asked Jesus to save me. Uh, that same week, I surrendered. It was like two days, left, you know, whatever. Um, it was Friday, I think it was. Uh, I surrendered, or Thursday, surrendered my life to the Lord. Uh, and when I did that, what I understood that to mean was that I knew I was saved, um, but I, I realized all that God had done for me in salvation as a 14-year-old, all right? Um, and because of that, I felt like, like I owed him, like I owed him my life. Uh, so, and I had that feeling. Nobody had to teach me that. There was nobody that pulled me aside and said, okay, uh, Bobby, uh, you got saved this week. What do you think about doing this? They didn't, nobody quoted Romans 12, 1 and 2 to me uh, about being a living sacrifice. I instinctively knew all that Christ had done for me. And I felt, you know, we sing the song, burdens are lifted at Calvary. And, uh, and I know that there are people who get saved and, uh, and there isn't really a, um, a feeling or, you know, uh, you, you, you can't hear the angel, you know, angels singing in heaven rejoicing. Um, there isn't a whole lot of things. But uh, if you remember your own uh, personal salvation testimony, uh, how uh, when, when you trusted Christ, um, what that meant to you and how you felt. And I felt, I felt like my burdens were lifted. Amen. I felt that um, I, was, I was forgiven. I believed by faith and trusted Christ as my Savior and so I wanted to give my, my, my life to him. And it was basically, God, here I am. And whatever it is that you want to do with my life, um, I'm willing to do that. Uh, I, 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 I want that. Later on, that, that kind of evolved into uh, me desiring the office of a bishop. You know, I wanted to be used of God in ministry. Uh, God says if you desire that, that's a good thing to desire. Uh, um, I volunteered for that. Uh, when I went to Bible college, I was going to be a missionary. Uh, and, you know, and I, just, I just let God work and, and move and direct in my life. Uh, and, uh, and he has been ever since. But I'm saying all that to say, as a 14-year-old, now there was a time also uh, in that teenage years where, um, you know, I got backslid, but God didn't let me alone. Uh, I, I was convicted and my life was miserable. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I was out of control. But every time, every time I did something that was against God and his word, I felt terrible about it. And, it, and, it, and that whole kind of trying to be a Christian and be in the world, to, to, to realize that, that I'd been forgiven and that I'd surrendered my life to God and I wasn't living for him. I, I didn't have a moment's rest. And, and, and to not get into all of that, there was just a, um, a terrible, um, it was just a terrible time. So I uh, got right with the Lord uh, and then um, enrolled in a Christian school, et cetera. Most of you know that story. Um, but since that time, I have lived my life as a debtor. Uh, and I think of myself as a slave. And, uh, and I want to, uh, to, to look at some of these. This is, there's no particular order, and there's a bunch of them, so uh, we've got to, to hurry. Uh, Romans chapter number 6. Uh, and uh, I've already, uh, while you're turning there, I've already mentioned Galatians chapter number 2. The Bible says that when you're saved, um, you, you're crucified. And this verse in, or passage in Romans chapter number 6 uh, deals with this idea uh, and uh, we have, of course, uh, baptism uh, as a picture of that. And by the way, Romans 6, 7, and 8, uh, if you read them all together, it's, it's great practical things uh, that teach what God has done for us, but then also you know, how we're supposed to be and live for Him. But in, but in Romans chapter number 6, verse number 4, the Bible says, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, 
And like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. And so the picture is, is that we're, we're dead to sin and alive unto Christ. Um, so we're to die to self. Uh, in our baptism, we pictured that, that we were, to, uh, we're dead to our old life uh, and, uh, and we're walking in newness of life. Uh, we have a, 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 a new song in our heart. Uh, we have new direction. It's a new path for our feet. Uh, and we communicate that in our baptism to the people who are witnesses of that. Uh, if you've been saved and baptized uh, in, a, in a church, um, dunked, uh, immersion, uh, and scriptural authority, scriptural method, uh, you, you professed that that was your, your decision and your goal. So when I talk to Christians who are not walking in newness of life, um, I try to remind them that that was, that was their promise. That was their goal. That was their testimony. Um, they told everybody when they, got, when they got baptized that they've been saved uh, and they're dead to their old self. Um, there's a lot of things that take place when we get saved. Uh, justification, uh, the, you know, the righteousness of God, um, and positionally we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we're citizens of heaven. We've been made the sons of God. Uh, we are joint heirs with Christ. Uh, we're ambassadors. We're sojourners. We mentioned that this last week. Um, uh, we're, we're in Christ. We're a uh, peculiar people, uh, a holy priesthood, uh, royal priesthood, rather. Um, there's a lot of things that take place when we get saved in who we are. In, in as much as you know, we have to walk in wisdom towards them that are without, and we should never be, at any point, have a, a, a sense of condescension uh, when we speak to people. Uh, but if you are born uh, of God, um, that's something. Uh, it means something, and and I'm I'm blessed by it, I, and I'm 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 proud, not in a sinful way. Uh, I'm blessed and I'm, I'm proud to be a child of God, a Christian, uh, and, and, and all that I am in Christ. I know who I am in Christ. I don't always live up to that. Um, but, but I'm thankful every day for being saved, um, not, not just a home in heaven and all the blessings of heaven uh, that God speaks about in His Word, uh, but, I, but I know um, full well what he saved me from, and, and knew what I was, uh, and I'm no longer that. I'm a new creature in Christ. Uh, I, don't, I don't look back at my, my life before Christ with, uh, with resentment anymore, because I know that God, even in his sovereignty, um, ordained a lot of things that took place before I got saved to help mold and shape me into, into who I am today. And, um, and we know that example from the Apostle Paul, uh, who basically the Bible says he was born to preach the gospel, uh, but, but Saul was a pretty wicked guy. Uh, and God had that all lined out. So um, backing up for just a second, I remember um, back in 2014, 15, I guess, I was on a Tozier kick, A.W. Tozier. And I just, I just read all kinds of his books. I ordered a bunch. Uh, Brother Beckham got me kind of hooked on him. Uh, and, and so um, I was buying and spending a fortune on those books. And so then I ended up getting a, a collection of Tozer books on my Logos software. And so I got a ton more. It was a lot cheaper to do it that way. Uh, but I was reading it a lot. And, uh, and I know he's, he was not a Baptist. Uh, and, but a lot of the things that he said, most of the things that he said, um, were great uh, and very applicable. And one of my concerns uh, has been and always will be uh, this, this idea of, you know, easy prayerism, um, people making professions of faith and not really, be, you know, possessing it. They're not saved. Uh, and, and just how um, the evangelistic 
crowd, the ecumenical crowd of today, um, how they present it. Uh, Tozier called it golden calf Christianity, uh, is how he, uh, he um, you know, referred to it. And so you say we're winning people to Christ, but what are we winning them to? Was his question in one of his famous quotes. It says, what are we winning them to? To true discipleship? To cross-carrying? To self-denial? To separation from the world? To crucifixion of the flesh? To holy living? To nobility of character? To despising of the world's treasures? To total commitment to Christ? Of course, the answer to all these questions is no. It's people who call on Jesus and are are not regenerated. Um, They didn't repent. There was no justification. There was no righteousness of God uh, applied to their life. Um, They they live powerless lives in churches, perhaps, and as we discussed recently, um, you know, people who... The devil, the devil is so good at duping us to making us think that everything's okay when it just really isn't. Uh, Brother uh, Gaunt and I, before the service, he had, uh, I brought up a, a, a scripture, um, a Bible that uh, was omitting John 3.16. And um, thinking in the, in the terms of this apostates, people who leave were never of, as we've been discussing, um, it lets you in a little kind of a sidebar, but um, if you were to read uh, the contributors, somebody, there's a new Bible perversion that comes out, and, uh, and you look into all the stuff in there, and it says, here are all, all your contributors, that Dr. So-and-so and Dr. So-and-so and this person from Cambridge or whatever, and there's a whole list of people that contributed to this new translation. Uh, what you see there is a list of names that won't be found in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because the Bible says if you add to and take away, um, that you're going to be placed in a lake of fire. And, uh, and so it isn't that they were saved, um, born-again people who, who kindly and lovingly led of the Spirit of God um, worked on an easier-to-read Bible translation. They're apostates that were never saved because the Bible says if they do that, they can't go to heaven. They didn't lose their salvation because they know the Bible doesn't teach that. And so it has to mean that they weren't ever saved in the first place. And so if you're going to use a Bible that was written by and translated by a bunch of lost people, um, that's probably not a good idea. Um, But that's more of of an understanding, a biblical understanding of how those things can happen. It isn't just Christians who are misled or whatever. Um, God has a, 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 a strict um, uh, you know, command and a warning that if you do that, you're going to go to hell. And, uh, but they weren't saved and then all of a sudden lost it. All right, so uh, chew on that for a little bit. Uh, and, uh, and that... Uh, Um, yeah, well, in a nutshell, there's, uh, there's only um, the only English version of the Bible uh, that was translated from a, the, the Greek textus receptus, the received text, uh, et cetera, is the King James Bible. All other English versions of the Bible, even the New King James Version, were translated from a corrupt text. Uh, and, um, and so there's tons and tons of examples, um, you know, I could just say easy, it's like in English, I, mean, I, I, I can't say that, um, you know, I think God's wisdom in making English such a, um, a world language uh, around everywhere is a, is a common language. I think in the sovereignty of God, I think that had to have a factor in it, um, but um, for the English Bible, to me, it's King James uh, Bible, uh, and that's the only one I use, only one I preach from. It's the only one that I study from. I don't make comparisons. Uh, and, uh, and, and so um, I make it easy in the sense that it's just like, well, if you're reading English, it should be a King James Bible. Um, if it is, it, by the way, the King James Bible is the only one that doesn't have a copyright attached to it. 
um, you know, because it's uh, 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 Bible um, publishers uh, make money. And so I can give you more examples or specific ones or show you, um, you know, places where you can go in different Bibles where things are completely omitted, uh, the deity of Christ diminished, etc. So um, we are to be dead to self. We're to live a crucified life. Um, in Luke chapter number 9, let's turn over there. Um, Luke chapter number 9. Um, I'm just coming from this aspect or this, this thought that um, when we get, Jesus did so much for us, uh, we owe him. Uh, and that song was, my life is the debt that I owe. I live my life as a debtor. Uh, and think of myself as a slave. Uh, and uh, that's the least that I can offer for, to him for the price uh, that he has paid. In Luke chapter number 9, verse number 23, and by the way, there's gospel accounts of this in, uh, in, in uh, Matthew and, uh, and uh, as well, Mark, I believe. In Luke 9, verse number 23, the Bible says, saying, the Son of Man must suffer, uh, oh, that's not the right one, We'll turn to Matthew 16, 24. <laughs> I wrote down the wrong one. Matthew 16. In verse number 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. Uh, elsewhere in the New Testament, um, you know, God teaches us, Jesus, um, his disciples, and as he's teaching them, obviously for us as well, uh, that when you get saved, you're supposed to take up your cross and follow him. It's a, it's a cross-bearing life. Uh, people say, well, each one of us has our cross to bear, and they mean a lot of things by that, but um, you can look, what, is, you know, what does it mean uh, to, to take up your cross? It's the, uh, it's, uh, you're, you're dying to, to the direction and things that you would have or you decided you're going to go on your life to follow him. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fisherman who, who, who sets down his nets and becomes a fisher of men. Uh, it is, it's not my will, but thy will be done. Uh, it's, it's a realization that God has a purpose uh, for each and every one of us as Christians. Uh, and, and he even qualifies it uh, by saying um, that, you hate father and sister and, uh, you know, um, uh, father, mother, sister, brother. Uh, and, and if we don't, um, we don't, we don't really understand this whole idea of what God expects of us or wants from us. So it, it, it's a, it is a, when you get saved, you enter into a, um, a self-denying life, uh, dead to self, alive to Christ, and all that's pictured in that, both from your reaction, response uh, to sin uh, and temptation, uh, to um, uh, how we serve others, how we put others before self, how, how um, it, it factors into all of that. It's a crucified life um, that continues that thought, but it's also a cross, cross-bearing life. It's also an exchange life. In Matthew, uh, since we're there, Matthew chapter number 11. And I tried to explain this verse to that pastor, or this passage, uh, to that pastor on that phone. Um, because I just wasn't, I just, I could not understand uh, how, where he was coming from. I told him, I said, you didn't learn that any Bible college you went to. I said, you didn't learn, you didn't learn that at, this, at, this, at the churches you've been on staff at. Um, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, in Matthew 11 and verse number 28, it says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. And I, I mentioned this recently uh, in reference to our theme. So when we get saved, we come to him. He, he gives us rest. We find rest um, when we take on his yoke. So when it's an exchange, God says to cast your cares upon him for he careth for you. So I give, I give him my burdens and I take on his. As a child of God, I, 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 lay, I lay those things down, uh, but I take his yoke. But the thing is, is his yoke is easy. 
and his burden is light. His commandments aren't grievous. Um, if I, when I live as a debtor and think of myself as a slave, there's, I have no resentment in it. Uh, I, don't, I don't regret it. Uh, I don't think of it as some terrible, terrible lot in life that he's like, Brother Reno, I just, I just feel sorry for you living that way. And I'm like, I mean, we're like an hour and a half on the phone. Uh, and I, I said, it was, it was just befuddling. I, even to this day, it was all those years ago. Uh, and I just, I, I, can't, I can't even wrap my mind around the mindset. Um, and by the way, um, if I'm, I'm not wrong because the Bible is so clear, I'm giving you these passages of scriptures and I got a whole, whole lot more I got to hurry through. Uh, but let's say, you know, I've just misinterpreted all of them. And I've, and I've lived my life in bondage, thinking that I just need to please a God who just really didn't care about that or a God that isn't there. All right? And I've just been duped the whole time. All of us. There's no God. Um, I'm much better off living my life as a debtor and thinking of myself as a slave than, than to, to, to live my life in the opposite, with the opposite sentiment. Uh, and, um, I'm better off. And so um, I don't even have to say I'm safe, better be safe than sorry because uh, I, I know this is what the Word of God teaches. Uh, and uh, and uh, this gentleman, and it's not just him, there's just a whole segment of Christianity that buys into all this. Uh, and uh, God doesn't care what you do um, and all, all of that. It's just really, really sad. But we live in exchange life. Uh, and and, and when, we, when we take on his yoke and we serve him, the Bible tells us we can't serve two masters. You hate the one, uh, love the other. You can't serve God and mammon. It's an impossibility. Uh, you, he, he, he says, you be hot or cold. Um, you know, what concord hath uh, this or what fellowship uh, has this? And uh, in, in the, the comparison, there's so many of them in the Bible. Um, we're to be yoked together with him uh, and, 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 to, and to, serve, uh, to serve God um, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we live in exchange life. Um, you've been bought with a price. You're not your own. Uh, First, that's in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. I'll just give you references on a couple of them. 1 Corinthians 6, 20, verse, chapter number 7, verse number 23. Um, when when you, God created you and then he purchased you, um, you've been born again. Um, can't be unborn. I think we were talking about that earlier. How, do, how does somebody get unborn? Uh, so so he, bought, he bought me with a price. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He purchased me. Um, I was a slave to sin, uh, and he set me free. Um, and now I'm a bond slave to the Lord Jesus Christ, a bond servant uh, to him. Uh, and uh, so, um, you know, uh, well, I think this, or um, I believe that, or... Um, I just don't think God would expect that of me. Um, when, when the Bible says, the next one, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, we're very familiar with that, uh, we're living sacrifices. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of the God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. Um, there's nothing that God asks of us that's unreasonable. Uh, so he purchased me. I belong to him. I don't belong to me. Uh, so since, I, since I'm his property, um, what he says goes. Uh, and, and I don't have a say in it. Now, I can reason with God and I can wrestle with him, as I've referenced this uh, in recent weeks. Um, you know, God always wins. In and in, in, in so it, but this is the this is the the spirit or the attitude or the mentality uh, how you should think of who you are in Christ, um, all that God has done for you, uh, and we think of it in a human standpoint. It's kind of like um, I was trying to console another preacher with the same things I console myself with. It's kind of um, we belong to God and we don't obey God. All right. If if people that we serve as pastors 
won't listen to God, why do we, why do we even think for one second that you'll listen to us? <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? We, I can't get super despondent. I, I, I do. I get bent out of shape when I feel like, uh, you know, because uh, uh, that's natural. But then it's like, the, like, it's like the Holy Spirit of God reminds me, it's like, they don't listen to me. Why are they going to listen to you? Why are you more important than I am? And, uh, and that helps me keep some perspective. Um, but, but God's done, you know, I think, think I, this, is what I, this is how I do it. They're going to leave church after all the things I've done for them. You know, been by their bedside at the hospital. I'm prayed over this or this. I could just run down a litany of things and just I've loved and I've given uh, and I'm tired of loving and losing. I'll look at all the stuff that I've done for them. That's what I'm telling myself. And they just be. And, um, but God's done way more, right? And they don't follow him. So, so it's just a, it's just a, a perspective uh, that I think as uh, pastors we have to remind ourselves of. We are a living sacrifice uh, for him. And all that's entailed, you know, put yourself in the offering plate. You know, you got to give yourself first. At first, they gave of themselves. And then, uh, you know, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians, when we talk about the churches of Macedonia, uh, we're supposed to be all in, all of our soul, all of our might, um, bought with a price, living sacrifice. Uh, I, I, the life I live uh, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm a dead man walking in, in, in that respect. Dead to self, alive unto Christ. Everything in my life should be, I should eat, sleep, breathe God. Um, and in, you say, well, how can you, our life is a vapor. It's, it's God 24-7 for our vapor life, and then it's eternal life with Him. Uh, and, and we have to, we have, to have that front of, front of mind. Um, uh, there's a lot of examples, but 1 Corinthians chapter number 7 would be uh, one that we can go to on the next thing. I was just running down a list of stuff like, you know, what do you mean I don't owe Him? Um, uh, you know, to live my, somebody's going to get offended. They're going to listen to that song, live, um, live as a debtor and think of yourself as a slave. That doesn't sound too much like Christian liberty uh, that I've heard it uh, preached at, uh, you know, uh, the church I was at before or whatever. Uh, and, uh, but um, uh, there's, uh, I can't even forget where my books of the Bible are. First Corinthians chapter number seven. Uh, look at verse number 22. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise also, he that is called being free is Christ's servant. You are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Uh, and uh, um, Ephesians 6, 6 uh, says similarly so. 2 Timothy 2.24. Long and short of it, Paul, Timothy, James, Peter, Jude, all describe themselves as bond servants of Christ. Now, the Bible never promotes or supports slavery. And the use of the word servant, bond, bond servant, bond slave, um, remember, the Bible was written in a different time. Uh, and, and it was very common at, at that time. That's why we read in the book of Romans how we're supposed to treat servants and, uh, and our masters uh, and all that God has put in there. But the idea of a bondservant is someone who um, uh, was a slave and they've been set free and then they, they serve freely. So why Paul and others referred themselves as bondservants is that they were freed from sin through Christ. They were the servants of sin, but now they're the servants of righteousness. Uh, and they freely and of their own volition serve God as bondservants. Uh, we're all ministers, we're all servants. Uh, but when, when we, like that line in that song, live my whole life as a debtor and think of myself as a slave is a scriptural thing. Um, I have to think of myself as, as a, it's like, um, you know, somebody, uh, we, I just watched a program, an old school program where somebody had purchased a slave from a slave market and then set them free. And then that person stayed with them completely free. Now, you know, they receive wages and all these things now, whatever. But that's the idea. I was, I was 
the servant of sin, been set free by the blood of Jesus. And, but but it, it, Christianity isn't, thank you for my freedom. And then we just go running through life willy-nilly, doing whatever it is that we want to do. It's, it's, it's the reasonable thing to say, I'm a living sacrifice. Um, I've just, I just, this idea of Christians who make a profession of faith and can't be bothered um, to serve God or go to church or read their Bible, uh, there's a, a huge breakdown uh, in all of that. So we are slaves, bond servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so uh, again, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. I, I wonder if those preachers even have, they, if they've taken that song out of their songbook. He said, if you don't believe that that's what you have to do, you know, why sing it? Um, I, I owe it to him. Uh, I've been, I'm a soldier. Um, he's, he's chosen me to be a soldier uh, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter number 2. Um, uh, Paul, in this epistle to Timothy, pastoral letter, he says, you need to endure hardness as a good soldier. He's chosen you to be a soldier. Um, you know, I'm under, I'm under command. Uh, you know, I, I'm under the authority of God. Uh, and, and God says, he that's a soldier doesn't entangle himself with the affairs of this world. Um, this, and, you know, today is, is uh, World Compliment Day. National World Compliment Day. So I thought it'd be funny, and I, I, I tweeted out today, I said, all right, uh, world, you're the bestest at luring people away from their Savior. <laughs> so I complimented the world. Uh, and World Compliment Day. The Bible says that we're not to love the world, neither the things that are in the world. The Bible says if we love the, the love of the world is enmity uh, against God. We can argue all we want about what worldliness is. There's always, you know, for one person it's this and the next person it's always whatever. Uh, people will debate uh, the gray areas of what worldliness is. But the bottom line is God says, um, if, you, if you love it, you don't love me. Uh, so um, the way that I look at it is that if anybody ever looked at something that you're doing or, you know, uh, they buy into the, the so much the more theme and they want to provoke you into love and good works, and they say to you, I, you know, I just really think that's really worldly. What that, what you, that should do in your spirit should be like, really? Is it? Not like, who do you think you are telling me? It should be like, you know, is it? Is it really worldly? Maybe I don't, maybe I don't have the right perspective about that. If people think it is, I can't, I mean, they're thinking it. So that's something. So, so I'm to be um, cognizant of that. The Bible teaches us that we're in the fellowship of His Son, that we're new creatures in Christ. I mentioned that from 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 17. John 15, the whole thing's about abiding in Christ. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, let's turn there real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, since we were in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 7, I know I can find 2 Corinthians. It's pretty close. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Um, and remember, this is all, um, you know, talking about this earthly tabernacle being dissolved and knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men and, uh, and, uh, and that we are to, um, uh, the, the love of Christ constrains us. Not our love for Him, but His love for us uh, constrains us. Verse number 14, for the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So the, the, the doctrine is, is that Jesus died for us, we die for him, and we don't live for selves, we live for him and for others. Uh, and it's not, about, it's not about us. And again, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The Bible says that we've been made instruments of righteousness in Romans chapter number 6. And maybe you've thought of something uh, in, the, in this mix even tonight yourself beyond that. The, the, the bottom line is God has done so much for us that we owe Him everything. 
um, that, he, that there's nothing that he expects of us to do that we should complain about, that we should try to get out of. Um, there's no biblical precedent. There's, no, there's an overwhelming <laughs> amount of evidence to the fact that when you, when you are saved, um, all the old stuff is gone. It's like, well, my rights. I just, my rights, my rights. I'm like, you know, biblically, you don't have any. If you really want to think about it. You know, you, you've got, you know, who you are in Christ, etc. But, you know, I mean, true biblical self-esteem is, you know, I, you know I'm dust and dirt. Uh, and uh, God's breathed in me the breath of life. And I mean, I wouldn't even want to do good if it wasn't for God making me do it. And, um, and I'm just, it's, it's, we, uh, we live in a, a very, you know, self-helpy, um, you know, affirmation and everybody wants to feel good or whatever. And we feel so bad about ourselves. And, and our whole identity needs to be who we are in Christ, where we're going, our affections need to be set on that. Everything, and God just says everything, distresses, tribulations, whatever, we're glorying them, thank God for them, uh, and, you know, um, brush our feet off, um, move forward, you know, don't quit, endure hardness, be steadfast, unmovable, um, but we just, like, we, we whine, like, way too much about everything. So where, where in the Bible, well, there isn't any place, so we'll skip that part, um, but how are we to, as a church, to say, and with our theme and, you know, provoking one unto love and good works, is there any space in our biblical perspective for Christians who just go to church whenever they want to and, and are so personally offended at even the thought that God would expect from us anything? No. So when somebody's like, oh, you know, pastor this and, you know, this theme and blah, 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 and whatever, and, and um, it's like, well, if God wanted you to be at church all day, every day, that, you got to be okay with that because it's reasonable. And, and, you know, you owe him everything, but... You're keeping back everything. Time, talent, treasures, I mean, all the acrostics and everything else. It's just, it's all about us, and it, and it just really shouldn't be. So, you know, that song just prompted that thought because there are a lot of Christians who are offended at the very thought of living their life as a debtor and thinking of themselves as a slave because they've been taught that when, you know, you have liberty in Christ and in, you know, and, uh, in, you know, meat and idols and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and it's so mixed up and half-truths and um, crazy stuff that they have, you know, curated this image of a God that is not, a, is not a, the Bible God. And, and you can't, and, and the reason you can't convince them otherwise is they might not have the Holy Spirit on board. Because, because you know, we just, just spent a couple minutes, and, and really, if I only had one reference, that would be enough. Uh, but there's just a whole lot more. And so there just really isn't a, a Bible story, um, example of somebody who just calls on Jesus, and it believes on Jesus, and then just goes back to the world. There isn't one. Um, there, there isn't an example. You can't find where faith and obedience are separated. They're, they're, they're really two sides of the same coin. Um, and the Bible is just filled uh, with these passages of Scripture. And so, I, you know, next time somebody says, you know, in fact, I was even going to post it on social media uh, that since a teenager, I lived my life, I've lived my life as a debtor and I've thought of myself as a slave. And I guarantee if I did that, I'd get hammered. 
by, by, the, by the just, I, I, you know, sloppy, agape, um, you know, weak grace, lascivious grace, Christianity um, that is out there. And um, I'm just going to live the rest of my life thinking every day about what God did for me. And, and then doing my dead level best to repay him, fully knowing that I can't. Um, but it's the most reasonable f- for thing for me to do. And um, I mean, if, if you gave your life, like you, you know, we go outside and a big semi-truck comes flying through the parking lot. And, uh, and Brother Reed, I just jump out and tackle you out of the way and save your life. And... Um, I, th- I probably would. I probably would, uh, and uh, save your life, and then, <laughs> and then, and then I, you know, I'm like, hey, brother Reed, you know, uh, I'm going to be moving some stuff out of a storage unit on Saturday. Could you come and help me? You'd be like, yeah. Why? It's like because I'd have Ozies like for life, really. <laughs> you know, for saving him. And and when he started telling me no, I'd remind him. <laughs> you know, I right, remember that time I you know saved you, uh, and uh, but. We, we've got such short memories that, I mean, God's done way more for us than, than that. And, and, and we can't, we're like, what? I got to go to church. I got to, you know, work day. Like, I don't got enough stuff to do at my own house. If I, it just does not compute with me. And um, so it isn't even trying to find balance. Um, it's so off balance the other way. Uh, that we're not, even, we're not even at the whole, like, well, I know I've got things. I mean, you know, I have my life, and there's my life for God, and it's, you know, uh, duties never conflict and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, no, we're not even close to that. We're so far from that. Um, uh, let's just get back to the fact that um, you owe him everything. And, uh, and so you have to parse that in your brain. When, when the Holy Spirit of God's like, go to church. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And you're like, well, let me think, no. I don't think you want me to go all the time. Uh, you know, I just, I've had a rough week. I'm going to sleep in today. And I think you would understand that, Lord. <laughs> we go all kinds of places with our spiritual gymnastics. And, um, and I wish God would just go, mm, you know, and just stop us from it and then, uh, that would be, we'd be a whole lot better off. But he gives us liberty uh, to discern these things, and, and we're blowing it in a lot of respects. Anyways, um, there's a lot more of those verses we can cover in maybe another time.